Hello everyone and welcome to the Business of PT podcast. I'll be your host, JT Moore. In this podcast, we will be interviewing successful physical therapists and learning about their stories in the field of PT. We will discuss a variety of topics such as entrepreneurship, careers, and pathways in physical therapy, as well as important characteristics in becoming a great PT. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you liked it, make sure to subscribe to get updates when new podcasts are released. Thanks, everyone. Hey, everyone. Big news. The Business of PT podcast would like to announce its first sponsor, the PT Hustle. Make sure to check it out. Here's a short ad from our sponsor, and we'll get you to the new episode. What's up, listeners of the Business PT Podcast? This is Dr. Kyle Rice, also known as Coach K, founder of the PT Hustle. And we help PT students and new grads make the final transition into their dream job or entrepreneurial life by helping them dominate the NPTE. We know the best entrepreneurs and PTs weren't necessarily the best test takers. And that's why the PT Hustle specializes in helping non-traditional students and those who have failed the MPTE before. So you can learn more about us at thepthustle.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast with my friend JT Moore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of having Ben Boggy with us. Ben is the founder and CEO of Pro Kinetic Physical Therapy and Performance. He is a PT, DPT, and CSCS. Um, at Pro Kinetic, they, have, they help active adults and athletes in the Oakland, San Diego, and Des Moines areas get back to sports and activities they love without taking time off, requiring injections, or surgery. Ben, thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely, JT. Thanks for having me. Um, it was honored that you reached out and asked me to be on this, so super excited. Yeah, I'm really excited to be able to to talk about your career path. Um, we are, we're going to be able to dive in a little deeper on the cash base side, which is something unique that you do. Um, but first off, would you be able to introduce yourself to the audience and give a little background of yourself? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, and yeah, I, and I grew up in um, I grew up in Independence, Iowa, uh, mid to Midwest, and um, yeah, I grew up. I mean, it's traditional or, or uh, very generic story of like how I got into PT, just like every other. PT that gets into the, the space. Um, I had an injury um, that occurred when I was uh, in high school and um, it was preventing me from, from playing basketball. And that's where I kind of got introduced to, to PT and, and I kind of just uh, stemmed from there and, and I uh, grew into, into a passion from there. So. Perfect. Yeah. And would you be able to talk about, so you, you came into physical therapy. Did you always have the goal of getting into cash based PT early on while you were in school or, or where did that come from and how did you make that shift? Could you be able to highlight that a little bit? Yeah. So I started when I was in PT school, I did my first clinical rotation and I was like, I don't know, this isn't what I thought I was really getting into. It was high volume. Um, you know, I've seen like 18, 20 patients a day. And I was just like, I just don't know if I, this is the path that I want, really want to go that I thought it was going to be different. And so I was contemplating, um, I was contemplating like dropping out of PT school, honestly, um, and going a different, different path. And it's like, well, before I do that, like, as you know, like getting into PT school, is very difficult. I put all this time and, and energy into getting PT school and, and going through that the first semester. And it's like, you know, I don't want to just give up on it this easy. And there's got to be something else. Let's see if there's another way that I can, you know, spin this and, and get into a different space of PT that would and create, uh, you know, create a position of what I'm looking for, ideally, um, and be the physical therapist I want to be. And um, I knew it wasn't going to be in high volume clinics. And I just, more research I did, the more and more I, I learned about just how insurance dictates so much 
um, about how we treat SPTs and what our earning potential is and, and how we go about um, just treating patients in general. I knew, I just knew we were going, I was going to be limited by insurance every step of the way if I was under insurance. And so um, I started at Stumbled Across uh, Aaron LeBauer's um, podcast and uh, I just started just really immersing myself in the podcast that he had, um, which is structured all around cash-based um, PT and start really just started learning from him and be like, oh, this is awesome. Like, this is exactly what I want to be doing. And so uh, I stuck it out and um, I actually probably spent more time in my last year of PT school learning about cash-based PT that I, that I did my clinical studies, whether I tried it wrong, but that's the kind of path that, that I, I went and, um, and yeah, really just immersed myself in that. So uh, that's kind of how I, I kind of got into, into the cash-based PT space um, was right into uh, my last year of PT school. That is perfect. And, and thank you for sharing that. I know that's something that um, a lot of PTs kind of struggle with at first and they, and they realize they're not sure what to do is that they see this high volume and they realize, hey, I didn't get into PT to be able to do that. I want to be able to, we all want to make impact in people's lives and, and want to have that quality time with them. And so this has been a route I feel like is continuing to grow and will continue to grow um, is the cash-based side of it. Um, and I love that you said like you became so invested in learning about that. I think that's such an important thing that we need to do while we're in school is to learn about what we're passionate about. And yes, we need to be great, great clinicians, but if we want to do other things and make impacts as well, we have to learn about those skills um, and have those mindset shifts and, and things that really will help us prepare for those. And you know, that we're not just coming into it overwhelmed and, and trying to learn things on the fly. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, with you, you kind of shared about this, you, from what I understood, I, I kind of heard a previous podcast that you've been on with Aaron. Um, you started with the, the travel PT and you tried that out a little bit and then you transitioned to the, from that aspect, because a lot of people say, oh, you need five years of experience or you need blank amount of time to be able to really provide that value and be worth it. And I, I know that's something that isn't true. That's something that as soon as we come out, we can make impacts. If we're making impacts on people's lives, coming out of the, coming out of MPTE and, and, and being able to be a licensed physical therapist, why can't we do that under our own license and our own thing? Mm -hmm. uh, how could you, how did you go about that? And how did, what was that experience like early on in your career? Yeah. So I knew like when I started, if I was going to do the cash-based route, like wherever I opened my practice, I was probably going to be there for, for a while. Right. And so I was planning on doing that in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, but I wanted to kind of travel and see different parts of the country before doing that um, and just kind of root myself down. And so I decided to do traveling PT. I was like, I'll do traveling PT, um, kind of see different parts of the, the country that I otherwise wouldn't be able to if I start my practice right away. Um, that, was, that was important to me. And so um, as most PTs, they want to go to sunny San Diego or sunny, uh, you know, Southern California, LA and stuff like that. And that's where I wanted to go. So I got my California license, but every PT wants to go there. So uh, long story short, I couldn't, I wasn't, I was having really hard, my agents were having a hard time finding me placements because I had what they thought was lack of experience because they can, the clinics down there can be kind of picky and choosy with the clinicians they take because there's so many people that want to go there. So um, anyways, I got my uh, license still in California. So I was like, well, you know, uh, my agent's like, you know, like you have your California license. We do have some positions open in the Bay area. Why don't you go there for 13 weeks, take a 13 week contract and and then um, gain some experience in the meantime, we'll see if we can get you um, a space or a location lockdown in Southern California in the meantime. Okay, sounds good. Uh, it's only 13 weeks and, and um, you know, we'll check out the Bay and see what's got to offer. And, and uh, again, went into even more higher volume than I've ever seen. Um, it was just a typical, like even worse, like one of the worst mill clinics you could, you could ever be in and seeing 20 patients a day. And it's like, 
honestly, I like I do 13 weeks, I might be burnt out after 13 weeks of being a physical therapist. Like this isn't sustainable. And so I was like, well, I've always wanted to do cash based and I know that's what I want to do. Why don't I just, you know, see what, see what works, test the marketing um, strategies. If I, if I, you know, uh, crash and burn, who cares? You know, I'm, I'm planning on leaving in, in 13 weeks. Let's just see what works and what doesn't work. Well, I started that and it just, it really took off and it grew into something that I was like, this is pretty awesome. I don't know if I want to give up all that I've built in this last 13 weeks. Like I, at the end of 13 weeks, I think I had over close to 10 or 15 patients um, that were already on my caseload. And um, I was pretty happy about that. And I was like, you know, I can, I can make a living off of seeing 10 or 15 patients. I've got exactly what I wanted um, from the get from, from the very beginning of what's cash based out here. Um, but then I was in the predicament of, you know, I don't see myself in the Bay area long-term. So that's when I kind of reached out to Aaron about a year in um, to help me out with some of the business coaching aspect of things to allow me to build out systems and a team out there that would allow me to eventually be able to move back to Iowa uh, where, where I wanted to be. So that's kind of my story out of, out of PT school and kind of going from insurance or working, doing traveling PT to more of the cash based side of things. That is awesome. And thank you for sharing that. I think that's an experience that a lot of people can can resonate with and, and trying to find that passion and you found that passion early on and, and you wanted to learn and grow that. Um, there's a lot of things that I want to kind of branch off of what you just shared with us in your story of that. Um, so you decided to open up, open up that cash-based practice. What were some of those big obstacles early on in, in figuring that out? There was, we, we talk about this, uh, I've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast is that we learn a little bit about the business side of it, but we don't know a whole lot of the X's and O's of it. But if we have that desire I truly believe that a lot of us can figure that out. We are smart individuals that have done a lot of schooling, education, and, and have that motivation aspect of it, that we can figure those things. But there's still obstacles, I think, early on that no one really knows or can expect. What were some of those big ones for you, and how did you overcome them? Yeah, absolutely. No, I hit on the um, top of the head with, uh, you know, we went through, we have our doctorates in physical therapy. If we can get through PT school, we can learn how to open and start a practice. Um, you know, that, that part is, is learning those aspects of things like how to, how to start and open and legality stuff. Like that's stuff that you can easily figure out um, if you really put the effort into. So that shouldn't be a barrier uh, for people. But the main things that I really, uh, the main thing is like, I had a really a good launch pad because I had a year, year and a half, almost close to two years of just studying cast-based PT and literally a notebook full of just notes on how to get started at A through Z. Um, with that. So I just pulled up that notebook and I was able to just kind of hit the ground running because I had already done the legwork throughout PT school uh, to really hit the ground running. So it was a little bit easier for me because I had that legwork. It is for most people because a lot of people don't have that from the get-go. Um, but the thing that I really struggled with, I guess the most was um, I really kind of sprayed and prayed when it came to networking and marketing with different health professionals in, in, in the Oakland and the Bay area. Um, I didn't really know how to you know, communicate the value that I was going to bring to a certain space um, and doing workshops and, and really marking myself to them. And so I struck out a lot. Um, but over time, I figured out what the wording was and how to, you know, leverage and why it's actually more, they've got more to lose by me walking away from this opportunity than, than if uh, they walk away from this opportunity. So um, I just really learned how to communicate my value to these other health professionals and how I can I can leverage my skill set to, to help them in the long run too. But that was the thing that I really struggled with. Um, I think I talked to like five or six um, or five or six different gyms to practice out of. And I struck out with the first five or six. And um, it's just because I wasn't going about the right way and, and really providing value and leading with value first. 
But um, I learned quickly on, on how to do that and was able to lock down space and, and kind of just rinse and repeat and refine that process. And, and now we have tons of relationships uh, across the, the Bay Area um, from the efforts and, and the mistakes I made originally with those first, first five reach outs. So. That's perfect. And thank you for sharing it and being open with those things. Uh, an entrepreneur, that's something that I've learned from, from all these people that have come onto the podcast that have become entrepreneurs, that it's not this ascension that just, you just go up and you go off on a rocket ship and everything's perfect and great. Like, no, there's a lot of striking out and, and failing, but that's part of the process. And it's learning how to fall forward when we, when we fail. Yeah. And yeah, I love that, that you mentioned early on. I, and I think that could be applied to anybody when as a PT, a lot of it is making sure that people know the value that we provide as physical therapists, whether it be trying to find a gym to work out of or working with our patients. If they understand the why behind what we're doing or what value we're going to provide that motivation and, and that will come secondary, just natural cause and effect. When people know the why and, and the real reason of how this will provide value to them, then they're going to, they're going to be a lot more invested and willing to, to create those action steps for themselves. So, yeah, I love that. And thank you for sharing that. I think that's such an important thing to, to know early on. We're going to be learning and you're going to fail, but that's okay. As long as you have that motivation to keep growing from it, that's a huge yep. impact. So thank that, you for sharing and that, that. Yeah. And that doesn't stop either. Like, honestly, to this day, I struggle just as much with things as I did when I first started out. Like I don't have it all figured out. It's just, I'm dealing with bigger bigger, better issues, but I still have to overcome and overcome those issues and learn, learn how to overcome them. Right. So still, I don't want, like, that's the thing too, that I think, like we said with entrepreneurship, um, a lot of people in, in, uh, entrepreneurship, they just kind of make it, especially when they've had some success, they make it seem like it's, you know, all, um, it's all itchy and super easy. It's not, you know, um, if you're, if you're truly growing, you're always going to have struggles. Um, if you are very comfortable and you've got nothing but uh, success after success, um, it's most like you're not pushing yourself um, enough too. So that's the thing too, is I think a lot of people struggle starting out because they um, see other people in the space that are just having wild success. They're painting that picture that they're having wild success and they may be, but they're not showing on how much they're actually struggling uh, to as they, as they learn and grow. So that's the thing too, is about entrepreneurship is it's not just hard that first year. It continue, It's going to continue to be, be hard if you're truly pushing yourself. Um, just if you want to learn and overcome um, different things. So I think that's perfect. That's, that's important to highlight as well. Yeah, actually. So the podcast that will be coming up before this one, ours right now, is with Kyle Rice, Coach K from the PT Hustle. Um, and we talk about that same thing. And there's a quote that we kind of talk about throughout that, that I've learned and I try to apply into my life in a lot of different aspects. And that it is, there's no growth in a comfort zone and there's no comfort in a growth zone. And like you said, Absolutely. if there's just this this success on success on success. Is there really growth? I mean, maybe there is some, there's luck involved, right? But I would say the majority, if not almost everybody, there's going to be discomfort in growing, right? That's if you physical body, if we want muscle hypertrophy, there's going to have to be some discomfort if we really want that change. I mean, the same thing has to apply to other things of life. So yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I want to go on to the next question that I have for you. This one is something that I want to I've thought about and early on in our careers, there's the aspect of, okay, the cash base, it seems interesting. It sounds very appealing, but what are some of those common myths that you've heard that you have been able to get through um, when opening a cash based private practice early on in your career? What are some of those common myths and could you address some of those? 
Yeah, I think the biggest myth out there is that you can't and you shouldn't be doing it right out of PT school. Um, that is probably the biggest myth that um, I come across most often. And it's also the one that is most not true um, as well. Um, I can almost make a case that if you're going to do it, you should be doing it out of PT school. When you're young, um, when you're young, you have, the mo- you have the ability to assume the most risk as well. And so, um, and I just know that also if you wait, if you wait, like, I mean, can you imagine if I was stuck in that, it just did uh, traveling contracts for two or three years and I was already feeling burnt out at my first contract. If I would have done that for two or three years, do you think I would have had the energy and mental capacity to actually start a practice being burnt out? Absolutely not. Um, I honestly don't think I would have probably done it. Um, and I think that's what holds a lot of people back is they tell, they tell themselves, oh, I'll get it after I have two years of experience. Then they need to get their OCS and they need to get their uh, SCS. Oh, I need to get my CSCS. Um, and then it's just after I do this, after I do this, and then they get done with those things. And like, now I'm having kids. Now I'm having family. Now I'm, I don't have as much time freedom. Right. Once I, you know, once the kids get older, I'll be able to do it. Like it's always one thing after the next. And, and um, and so I think I truly believe that starting out of PT school is one of the best times to do it as well. Um, because you are fresh, you're passionate, you're excited, you're not burnt out. Um, and you're just truly passionate. If you're passionate about something, you are going to be able to be successful in, in that space if you're truly, truly um, excited and, and passionate about it. Um, and I know one of the things is, and I got told this by so many, not just my professors, but classmates as well. It's like, you know, nobody's going to pay, you know, $200 to work with a new grad, right? That's the thing. It's like, there's, if you look at our reviews, we have over, we have over 300 five-star reviews. Okay. And most of the stories that you see up from those reviews of people that have failed other physical therapy in the past. And I guarantee the physical therapy that they saw elsewhere, a lot of, most of them probably had more years experience than I did, you know, may, most likely some with 20 years of experience. So why was I able to get results with them is more, is a lot, a lot of it had to do with the model that we're in. I just truly had time to spend with patients and truly listen with them as well. Um, so I, I just think that the best way to to dive in is, is right out of school. And, and it also gives you time to just slow down and think and you can actually en- enhance your enhance your skills more in a cash-based setting, even if you're alone, than you can in a clinic that is high volume, seeing 20 patients a day. I remember when I was doing in that environment, the last thing that a clinician wanted to do at the end of the day after seeing 20 patients was mentor me as a new grad. I got blessed mentorship um, in the insurance-based um, role that I had through um, traveling PT than I did actually on my own because I, I reached out to people that I knew uh, and respected in the physical therapy world that were more than happy to, to mentor me from afar. Okay. And also on top of that, I was, I really wasn't learning a whole lot from experience in the insurance space because what was happening is I was jumping from patient to patient every 15 minutes. I wasn't really able to slow things down and really digest things in the P in the, when you're spending some one-on-one time with somebody for an hour, I really had time to really kind of test things, learn and digest. I otherwise wasn't able to in the other, in the other model of the insurance based. So I actually learned more being by myself in the cash-based model than I did in a high volume clinic um, surrounded by other seasoned clinicians, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I, and I love that, that you had that time to really, although early on, you don't have any of that, that clinical expertise yet per se, you were able to gain that rapidly because you had the time to, to, to try something out and see how that, how that acted and, and so on and so forth. And I think that's really valuable to be able to, to have, because yeah, if you don't have the time to try things out and cause we're learning, right. I mean, a lot of PT, I feel like you're, you're learning and getting that experience as you go. There's, 
there's only so much that we can learn through theory and through the things that we learned in school, but applying is a whole different aspect. And to be able to have absolutely. that time is invaluable. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect. Um, from there, the other question I wanted to ask as well, you, thank you for addressing that myth. I think that's such a, a big myth that I've heard and is a question that a lot of people ask. How did you know? So you created your company, your, your cash-based private practice. You were growing. It was, it was progressing. How did you know when it was time to scale your practice and really help be able to grow outside of yourself? Did you have those challenges and how did you, how'd you go about them? Yeah. So there's two reasons I decided to, to scale. Um, a lot of people, and that's the thing too, is there's no right wrong way to do it like you can there's a lot of people that staying a solo practitioner um and not scaling is the right answer and some people scaling is the right answer for them as well it depends on what your goals are um and again there's no right or wrong answer but me personally i wanted to scale for two reasons um big reason was i wanted to eventually get back to, to des moines if i was the solo practitioner in in oakland it was obviously going to that so i needed to scale for that purpose to allow me to to move back home be closer to friends and family and stuff the second reason was actually something that developed over time and wasn't really a huge motivator for me to scale and that was actually because i wanted to help other clinicians that didn't really feel like entrepreneurship was what they wanted to do but they were also burnt out in the insurance-based model and they didn't know what to do. And so I started scaling to help bring on other PTs that are burnt out and not able to be the physical therapist that they want to be because of the model that they're in. And so I wanted to create other positions and scale to allow other PTs to be able to have the position that they, that they love. Um, actually in the, in the Bay area, um, over Christmas and sat down with each of my staff and, and, uh, was discussing things with them and, and one of our newest PTs uh, actually almost uh, kind of um, almost broke down in tears a little bit and was like just so ecstatic and and just thanked me so much on like saving their uh, career in the sense of they were like, I don't know if I would have been able to continue to be a PT if it wasn't for ProConnects in this in this position, right? And so it was really powerful. Like that was one of the most rewarding things that, that I've heard um, throughout the ProConnects history as well, because that was a big goal of mine to wide scale. And that's why we can continue to scale um, and really get the word about, and that's a big reason why I'm also doing this podcast is to get the word out um, about cash base and help other physical therapists realize that they can treat and have the dream um, and be the physical therapist they wanted to be um, from the get go and don't want to be stuck in these, this high volume um, insurance based uh, clinics. That is perfect. Thank you for sharing that. I'm, and I'm glad that you've been able to, like you said, help other people that have that desire and love PT as a profession, but have felt those, those overwhelming feelings and not sure if they're able to continue on because of burnout. That's something that we talk about a lot in our, our fields. And that's something that is an issue that we need to address and to be able to help people to avoid that, to be able to still stay in the profession and remember the reasons why they got into it and love that. I think that's such a gratifying feeling for you on the side of scaling a practice and, and figuring that out to, to know that you're making such impacts in people's lives, not only just the patients, right. That you're seeing that you said have failed physical therapy before and are seeking other ways. But like you said, as well, the, the PTs are having that same benefit of really like having that their career re revitalized and having that joy of come back to them and understanding the reason why they got into PT. So that's awesome. Um, what would you say to a PT student, who is interested in cash-based PT. We talked about kind of, like you said, there's the best time to take risk is early on. And I couldn't agree more. I think that everybody is in that same boat early on in their career. We can recover at like, we're young. We already have a lot of us already have a lot of debt to begin with a little bit more. We're, I mean, and like you, you kind of mentioned this, there's not a whole lot of debt taking this on. And I would love if you could highlight that we talked about it before, 
we recorded this, but kind of early on, there's not a whole lot of overhead with cash base. Could you kind of share some of those things that for early on in a PT that they should be aware of? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a big piece of what a lot of people uh, hesitate to get started because they're like, I'm already, you know, $100,000 in debt from PT school. Last thing I need to do is, you know, take out a loan to open up a practice, you know, and that's a, it's a, that's a viable concern, um, but it's actually not um, really real. If you're doing it in there's, there's ways to skip to start a cash-based practice with very low, low overhead um, to very generalistic overview on how to do that is I started out with less, less than a thousand dollars just to establish the business entity um, and get liability insurance and stuff like that. Just like some, I uh, hire a lawyer to do that. You can hire a lawyer. You don't always have to, to establish a business entity. So heck you can even start as a sole, um, um, sole proprietor as well, uh, which is even less cost effective. So long story short, you should be able to, you can start, there's over hundreds, hundreds of PTs have started a cash-based practice with less than thousand dollars. Okay. And if you structure rent and negotiate rent so that you are only paying for the t- hour that you're using this space, that means that if you're using that space for the hour and paying for that hour, that means that you are generating revenue from a patient being seen. Essentially, no overhead there either, right? So you're only paying money if you're making money, right? And you should be making more than what you're paying for rent for that. So there's, there's really essentially <laughs> no way that you should be losing, losing money from, from that. So um, a lot of people worry about rent overhead too, but there's um, it's very easy to negotiate rent on, on that basis and, and finding um, a gym space to trade out of as well. So long story short, you should be able to easily start a cash-based practice with under a thousand dollars to do so. Um, yeah. So don't let that um, get in your way of, of doing that. I know a lot of times people are, um, it's not, it's an excuse, but it's not an excuse. It's a viable concern. It's like, they're let's say I'm having a hundred thousand dollars plus in debt. You know, I need to get a simple job, you know, stuff like that. But I want to challenge people with that mindset that you will, if you stick with that mindset and you work in a, uh, for a clinic and make an average PT salary, you are going to be paying those loans um, for many, 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 many years. Um, you may actually have to go through the loan forgiveness route um, of whatever 20, 25 plus years, whatever it is, um, versus you can start your own practice. I was able to pay off my loan at over $120,000 um, in debt. I was able to pay that over all that off in under two years. And some people will go make argument though, oh, you should hold off on paying off your debt. You should throw that towards investments and stuff like that. And that's totally fine. That's a, di- that's a conversation for, for a different day. Me personally, I just didn't like mentally having that hanging over my head. Um, yes, it is more smart financially to take that money and not pay off your student loans and put it in towards investments. But there's also something to be said about the mental capacity and the mental drain or energy that having debt uh, hanging over your head is. And for me personally, that outweighed putting that money and putting in investments, I would put that off the, um, from not hanging over my head any longer. So long story short, the only reason I was able to pay off over $120,000 in student debt was because I took the risk of starting the cash-based uh, practice. That is perfect. And thank you for sharing those. Like you said, under $1,000, I feel like that's something that I wasn't even aware of. And I feel like a lot of people aren't, yeah, they just don't know. They don't, we don't know what we don't know. And to say, hey, you can create something with less than $1,000 and really put that, I like, put that, bet on yourself. I think that's such a, a cool, a cool thing to be able to, to realize. And I hope that everyone listening who's has that desire, that passion can really think about that and, and realize how realistic it is. It's something that you don't have to be super wealthier or, or set financially to be able to try that out. If you have that desire, I think, like you said, if you have the passion, go for it, whatever you're passionate about. I think that motivates us and, and helps us work harder in a way that doesn't, that doesn't make it feel like it's a, a, a struggle or a hard, like a really annoying task to get through. We have that passion to want to improve and want to succeed 
when we find those things. So thank you for sharing that. That's really, really good insight. 100%. And then, yeah, another aspect that you, I've heard you mention before in prior podcasts that you've been on um, and that I wanted to to talk about and something that actually has been a, a key word in my life recently. And I love being able to talk about this because if I feel like pinging a lot in my life, I'm like, okay, I, that means I should learn about it. And so I want to ask you, you've mentioned this a couple of times, is the importance of mindset. Um, that's something that I feel like in the entrepreneurship space um, is so important, so vital to have the proper mindset to grow and to expand and to, like I said, handle failures, all those different things. Our mindset is vital, I, I would say, in that. What are some of the important lessons that you've learned in your career so far and the value of having a good mindset? And what are some of those things that you found that are good for or important for having a proper mindset yeah 100 so um mindset is like honestly the thing that it's really just removing false beliefs um essentially um is the is the big thing for a lot of people when it comes to, to mindset and for me it wasn't anything that was like crazy sexy it's just like reading reading books um in the space on like mindset and um entrepreneurship and stuff like that and people want to be like well i don't have time to to read i don't have time to read i don't have time to do this that um, I mean, frankly, you know, you make time for what's priority in your life and you don't have to allocate a whole lot of time. Me personally, I just read 10 pages of a book before, before I go to bed every night. That's all I've done. And I, I, mean, I haven't counted how many books I've gone through, but over, over 20 books I've been able to read over the course of, of three years, just by reading 10 pages, um, before, before I go to bed each night. It's not anything crazy. It's not like I'm reading, you know, two chapters every single day. Like that's the, that's the power of consistency too. It's just read, read five, 10 pages before you go to bed each night um, of a book on mindset um, and entrepreneurship and, and the topic that you want to learn. That's honestly my best advice when it comes to, to mindset is, is reading and immersing yourself in, in books that have, um, that you're trying to learn more about and want to kind of change for the better. And also another thing too, is um, having a coach like Aaron, what Aaron was huge for me, um, doesn't necessarily have to be Aaron, but um, like Aaron was great for me. Um, but find another, somebody else in the space that is doing what you want to be doing and have them help you avoid the pitfalls that, that they fell through and that, and just by being associated with them and conversing with them uh, consistently, that will in turn just change your mindset as well. So it's in between having a mentor and also just reading books on, on topics that you want to immerse yourself in, uh, whether it's mindset, entrepreneurship, um, cash-based PT, what have you. Um, that's really, really powerful. And just the consistency of just something as simple as reading 10 pages um, of a book every single night before bed. That's all, that's all it takes. So nothing, nothing sexy, just consistency. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a huge, huge right there. Key point is consistency. I think with anything, if you want to be great at it, you have to be consistent with it. And I, I would love to be able to highlight, are there any books out of the ones that you've read that have really been a big impact to you? And then another follow-up question on the mentorship. But first, yeah, are there any big books that you feel like have really made a big impact so far in, in your mindset shift? Yeah, there's a couple different books. Um, there's a lot of books in the cash based um, space that I definitely recommend. Aaron's got a book that's awesome that outlines things on how to to start and kind of scale um, in a very general general sense, but will help with change the mindset and what's what's um, what's possible. Another one is uh, "To Sell Is Healthy" by uh, Paul Goff, um, and that helps a lot with just changing your mindset on what we're worth as a physical therapist. And he's a physical therapist himself, so that's a cash-based um, practice. But I actually have every single PT that starts with broken eggs read that before they start seeing patients, um, just so we can see the value in what we do. And that's a big piece um, of mindset. That's probably one of the most important mindset books that I've read. Um, and then also there's a book called 10X by Grant Cardone. He is um, more in the real estate space, um, but just does everything 
huge, like over the top on everything. What people think is over the top, but he's so successful because he has a 10x mindset um, of it. So that I really like that book and that was um, really powerful um, for me. So those would be the kind of the three recommendations I encourage people to start out with for mindset and kind of motivation stuff too. So perfect. Yeah. Thank you for highlighting those. Um, and that, that's great to be able to have some specific ones for the cash base, but also just yeah, general mindset with 10x with Grant Cardone is a big name, like you said, in the real estate space. Um, the next component that I wanted to ask off of that previous question is the mentorship or surrounding yourself with people that are going to elevate you, right? That's something that I feel like a lot of people have mentioned that they have mentors that are where they want to be or, or things that they want to do. How did you, uh, you said you, you found Aaron with the podcast initially, but what value have you seen in surrounding yourself with people that are doing what you're doing or doing things that you want to do in the future? What have you seen the value of that and, and being in a community like that? Yeah, it goes just back to, to mindset. Um, it, it really goes back, back to that. And then just be able to pick people's brains on, hey, oh, I didn't think that. That kind of sounds like something that could work for me as well. Um, and, and implementing it. And then also you can pick their brains on like shortfalls that they had or issues they had when implementing it. And it just helps you really speed the process up without having one, to try and figure out, figure it out yourself. And two, going through all the headaches it takes to figure it out. And then also three, all the money that's going to cost you making mistakes as well, right? And that's a lot of times people are very hesitant to hire like a mentor or business coach because they're, it's expensive. Well, you know, compared to what, you know, compared to trying to figure this out all on your own and spending that money um, on mistakes anyways, um, why don't you just invest that, avoid all the mistakes, save the money that you otherwise would have, it pays itself off and then some, right? And without Eric's business coaching, heck, I might not even have my practice out in, in Oakland. So a lot of people are always asking, like, was it really uh, worth, you know, the investment? And I'm like, I don't know, is, you know, having my practice to this day and, you know, worth it? Yeah, it's worth it, right? And, you know, it's, it, it pays itself off too. So that's also a mindset shift that people have to have to overcome a lot, a lot of times starting out. So, yeah. That is perfect. Yeah. Investing in ourselves, I think is something that is, yeah, it is vital. We, we do that to become a PT. Why do we think we don't need to do that in, in growing other aspects of our lives? When we, like you said, to get a PT, there's a lot of schooling, a lot of money involved in that. Other things we, okay, I can't afford that. Well, if you want to grow in those other aspects, it might be good to invest in them. So that is great. Um, yeah. Thank you for highlighting those and sharing those with us. Um, I wanted to continue on with a couple other questions that I had for you. Um, you so with this what were some of the biggest things that you had wished and we've mentioned some of them before but what are some of the biggest things you had wished you would learn sooner in your career some of those big aha moments that you've had so far that are like man if i would have learned that early on that first year even in pt school that really changed my trajectory or how i saw things what are some of those things that have that stick out to you really just going back to knowing that's that's possible um I just, it, I just, uh, when I was in PT school, there was so many, like, there wasn't really anybody in PT school that whether it's, you know, professors or, or classmates had great classmates, don't get me wrong, but, um, there was nobody in for classmates or my professors that really encouraged me to do cash base. And everybody was pretty kind of negative and kind of bashed it. Like it was never gonna, never gonna work. And so I just know a lot of times people may be in that same environment and kind of kind of crush their dreams with that. Luckily I had you know, the podcast to listen to and, you know, other people in my, in my ear, you know, and being able to see that other people are doing it. So I just think surrounding yourself with people that are like-minded, luckily I did get lucky in that. I really did get lucky that I already kind of immersed myself 
um, in the cash-based PT space and knew what is possible before those negative you know, comments were made. But a lot of times those negative comments are made before somebody even really immerses themselves in the cash-based world, right? So I did get lucky in that sense. So just really immersing yourself in other, in, or, and surround yourself with other people that are doing what you want to be doing and learning from them to elevate you even further, right? And also another mindset shift was, again, um, looking at things as uh, there's a difference between investment and expense. And people tell you all day long that they, um, conceptually, they know what the difference between expense and investment is. They don't take action on it, right? They look at business coaching as both as an expense. No, it's not an expense. You just told me, you just told me the difference between expense and investment. And you're saying this is an expense. It's not, it's an investment. And so changing that, that mindset um, around of, of how much time and energy and money that's going to save by um, having a mentor and somebody in your corner um, to help, help you avoid those pitfalls and, and the mindset. So it kind of goes back to, to those two, two things. It's just who you surround yourself with and, and make sure that you're, you're choosing the right people to, to do that is, is huge. So. Yeah, that is perfect. Thank you for for highlighting those. Um, yeah, and just I, if someone is interested in, in talking with you and being able to contact you in the future and have questions, what would be the best way to be able to reach out to you? Yeah, yeah. So um, you can we have our website um, www.proknegsrehab.com. Um, you can reach me out through there or um, uh, Instagram, uh, Doctor Period uh, Ben Boggy. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing you'll probably have this in all notes too. So yeah. anyways, having a hard time with the pronunciation or, um, and, uh, spelling with that, uh, I guess just check out the, the call notes. And then also I do some, um, I do some, uh, mentorship and, and coaching and starting to dabble a little bit with that, um, with, uh, within that space. And I'm with the team of clinical marker. Um, and we have a free Facebook page that has tons of awesome, uh, content and resources that, uh, you can check out as well, um, to kind of, and also be in a community of other people that, are doing what you want to ideally be doing as well and, and having those people in your corner to, to learn from. So definitely check out, um, check out our, our uh, page, uh, clinical marker as well and, and join the, join the free group. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Like, like I said, I love that you are a prime example of somebody that had that desire and had that goal early on in PG school of, Hey, I want to be able to open up my own cash-based private practice. And that didn't deter you. I feel like a lot of people that I've met, have those fears and have those uncertainties of being able to do that early on in career in in our careers. But you're a prime example of somebody that got rid of those negative mindsets and has become super successful and really trying to grow and continuing to, to expand um, everything that you're about. So that is awesome. I'm really grateful that you're able to come on and share those words of wisdom that you've already experienced in your career and, and motivate. I hope everyone that's interested in, in the cash-based PT side of it, really is able to see um, that it's not as overwhelming as it sounds. I think there's, because we don't have a lot of information sometimes in PT school, it seems overwhelming, but Ben is a prime example of, if you have that goal, you can learn and gain that knowledge and surround yourself with people that will help you get to where you want to be. So Ben, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. And that's another thing too. Um, I don't want to get too much of a tangent here, but if there's any professors that um, or staff that are part of uh, physical therapy schools and um, feel like this is lacking in the curriculum, because I know it was for uh, when I was in PT school, um, I do do some as free talks, um, free seminars uh, to uh, to come in and speak to. Uh, if you have like business class, I'm happy to, to do that. I'm doing that for a handful of um, other schools 
um, throughout the US. Um, again, it's free. Um, I just really want to get the word out about um, cash-based um, PT. And because I do feel like feel strongly that that's the way of uh, the future for PTs and the profession. And it's what's best for not just patients, but for PTs as well. And it's what's going to move the, the profession forward. So if you're interested in, in me speaking, um, reach out and happy to open that discussion and see if we can lock down time too. So, um, but yeah, thanks again, JT, for, for having me. This is awesome. And I appreciate all that you're doing too and and speakers that, that you're having on and and getting the uh, work out too. So thanks again for, for having me on, JT. You got it, Ben. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Thanks, JT. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. I hope you liked that episode. If you did, make sure to subscribe and also leave a review. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time.